is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Why does everybody keep quoting Bill Barr, particularly my friends on my favorite cable network? Like he's making news or something? He's, he's not even coherent. And his personal animosity towards Donald Trump taints everything that comes out of his rather considerable mouth. So why? says the case in Washington is legitimate, although under other circumstances involved here, he would not probably pull the trigger. It's an illegitimate case. Then he says the goal is to bring the case as fast as you can. You would think both parties support that. Now let me show you how stupid that is. You're Donald Trump. You want to bring a case as fast as you can in Washington, D.C. with a radical Obama judge, a Democrat jury, you want to get a conviction? And then it takes years for the circuit court and then the Supreme Court to hear it? Meanwhile, the election's over? How stupid is that? Bill Barr is getting dumber by the day. My view, which happens to be the correct view, is that, I have finally, I think, figured out how it can be done, is that the Trump lawyers go to the Florida court with Judge Cannon, or any of the courts, they can go to the court in D.C., but I would do it that way. She set a trial date for May sometime. And move for an interlocutory appeal. Try to get up to the United States Supreme Court, which may or may not take the case. And explain everything I've said to you and everything I've put online. Which is, my client... If your client's Ernie Grabatsky, it would be the same thing. But they need to say that their client cannot possibly spend full time on fighting for his freedom. Because what we're talking about here are indictments that if they succeed, will wind up putting Donald Trump in prison for the rest of his life. He'll die in prison. That's the goal of the Party opposite. That's the goal of the Democrat Party. That's the goal of Biden. 
to arrest and imprison for the rest of his life the opposition. (laughs) Now think about this in the United States of America. And so when you get to the Supreme Court and what you argue to the judge at every level, judges, and then the Supreme Court is, look, my client cannot fight full-time for his liberty in dealing with 80 indictments. He cannot, which for the average citizen would be overwhelming enough, and run for president at the same time. It's not possible. And the Department of Justice under Merrick Garland, they know full well what they're doing. They're making it impossible for my client to exercise his constitutional rights, to defend himself, his due process is under attack, and run for president. Now, some might say, well, then don't run for president. That's the point, isn't it? They know what they're doing, dropping two grand jury indictments on top of Donald Trump in the middle of a campaign. That's why this sort of thing has never been done before, and it never should be done ever again. They're bleeding his resources, so he can't use them on his campaign. They know that. He has to expend an an, an enormous amount of time defending himself, sitting down with lawyers. They're going to have to go through nine months of videotapes. They're going to have to go through over a million documents. You have to do all these things with your client. Who's fighting for his life? Who's fighting for his liberty? And at the same time, trying to achieve the nomination of his party and run in the general election to defeat the man who's trying to put him in prison the rest of his life. This has never been done in this country before. The only body left, the only constitutional body left that might take action to put an end to this is the Supreme Court. And by an end to this, I don't mean end the cases. The cases can go on after the election. There's not a single statute of limitation in danger of running here. Not one. And this is the same Department of Justice that intentionally let the 2014 and 2015 tax fraud statute of limitation run intentionally on Hunter Biden. Costing the federal treasury taxes on $1.5 million. So what are they going to do in court now? Say, no, no, no. We let that statute of limitations run. I'm the judge, and I say, wait a minute. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. The government doesn't have any exposure whatsoever. You have all the documents. You have all the video. We have all the, the witness testimony that you need. Obviously, you can use it as trial. On the January 6th case, which is the weakest thing, you know, I want to say something to Bill Barr. Are you an idiot? This guy is he's he is he is disgruntled and he's a nasty SOB. He even said today on Martha McCollum's show at uh, January 6th that was uh, you know you need to pay a price for what you 
he's not charged with what happened on January 6th in any specific statute. Fraud. Fraud because the government claims he wasn't telling the truth about the election. You know, you thought it was bad when they they had censorship and then they wanted malad information, misinformation, disinformation boards at Homeland Security looking over what's going on on social media. Imagine being indicted over something like this. Then they used two statutes that were passed right after Enron because they realized they didn't have a criminal statute that involved the destruction of documents related to, uh, to Congress. Those are those obstruction charges. That has nothing to do with this. In fact, that read is so thin that a number of protesters who were convicted on that have filed appeals, and that matter is going to get to the U.S. Supreme Court. They use that, and Barr thinks, well, you know, we got some pretty, he's got some pretty. Barr is a buffoon. So why do they keep quoting him? Why? They shouldn't. Quote me, because I know what the hell I'm talking about. He may have been an attorney general, wasn't a very good one. I was chief of staff to an attorney general, and he was a great one. It's unbelievable. So what I would do, I'm just giving my opinion publicly. So Trump lawyers, all lawyers, all of you folks, Department of Justice, judges, non-judges, everyone can just hear what I'm saying. That's what I do here, right? Same when I post. Make many of the arguments I just made, and there's more, for why this case needs to be stopped. And the other case needs to be stopped. And the Supreme Court has to decide if Donald Trump is able to get to exercise his constitutional due process rights, and moreover, on the second lane, whether this kind of activity by the executive branch against a candidate is constitutional. Because I don't believe it is in any respect. Merrick Garland is dropping indictments on top of Donald Trump, one after another after another. He's got trial dates up the wazoo. They have court dates up the wazoo all through this proceeding, all through this election cycle. They know exactly what they're doing. And here's the key. Please listen. This is the key. One man, Merrick Garland, is using the judiciary, using the court system, to try and affect the outcome of the election, the course of the election, and the liberty of a man who's been told, sure, you can defend yourself, you can have your day in court, even if you don't have time to actually present a proper defense. Sure, you can do that. Why am I the only one talking about this? Where the hell are the civil libertarians? Where's the defense bar? Where's the ACLU? Where are my fellow conservatives? Where the hell are they? This is as clear as night and day. This is intentional. You have the Biden, 
Department of Justice and their hitman, the special counsel, using the judicial system, using the judicial system, the process of litigation, the process of charging somebody against the candidate, against the citizen. And we cannot leave it to individual judges and individual districts. We certainly can't leave it to local DAs to determine to determine the future course of this nation. Now the foundation for tyranny is being built all around us. All around us. And when I come back, I want to prove it to you. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know what helps me sleep well at night? Physical gold. I'm concerned about what the Biden administration is doing, and I've decided to learn more about gold IRAs to help me diversify. Did you know you can buy gold for your IRA or 401k? Gold can't be tracked like digital currency. No one has to know what you're buying, and there's no way to print more. My best resource for gold IRAs is Augusta Precious Metals. Their track record is no less than phenomenal. Learn why thousands of Americans are getting gold IRAs as part of the retirement portfolios, and you need to contact Augusta Precious Metals and get their free guide. I'm serious. Text LEVIN to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. The judge in D.C. she'll be more than happy to allow herself to be used this way because she's a radical Democrat appointed by Obama who's demonstrated her activism in the sentencing of numerous protesters. She's a partisan hack in a black robe. It happens. It's unfortunate. It appears that Judge Cannon is, is more straight down the line. And that's all you ask for is an intellectually honest judge. But I would appeal this now and try and get this case before the Supreme Court. You might lose it. They may not take it up, but they damn well should. This isn't a political question. This is a question of whether the judiciary is going to defend itself from being misused by the executive branch this way. You can't have an attorney general and a prosecutor. He's not even a pres- presidential appointee. He's just a career bureaucrat. You can't have... An attorney general, whose bias is obvious, whether it's the Hunter Biden matter or his refusal to appoint a special counsel, in the case of Joe Biden, you cannot have an attorney general dropping indictment bombs on top of a former president who's running for re-election, a candidate, in the middle of the election cycle, in a way that is intended to disrupt the election. That's why they say, we want a speedy trial. The Speedy Trial Act applies to the defendant. It's what's to the best interest of the defendant. The Bill of Rights are not for the government. The Constitution is to protect you. 
And so the issue isn't, is this a political question under the political doctrine? The question is whether or not constitutionally they're going to permit this situation to occur whereby the dropping of these indictments on dates determined by Garland, the Biden administration, to do the most damage to the due process rights of the target of the defendant. And for the purpose of interfering with the election, this isn't going to do justice to rush this along. They can wait, but they don't want to wait. Sky Smith's got his orders from the Attorney General. We want to move fast. We want this conviction, if we can get it, before the election, so we can affect the outcome of the election. And for the case, and for, and, and for uh, Trump, this is, no, uh, this is no joke. He's got all these charges, many of which are just completely bogus, if not all of them. But he's got to worry about being convicted. It's very difficult to overturn a conviction. On all charges. Right now he has 80 charges against him when you count Manhattan and the two cases at the federal level. 80. So the chances of them getting one, pretty damn high. And that's why they're doing it. And then Atlanta will come in all of a sudden. And so he's going to have to defend himself against the Manhattan DA, the Atlanta DA, two cases involving the feds. They all know what they're doing. And we the people need to be protected. The electoral process needs to be protected. It's, it's a sickening irony. You know what helps me sleep well at night? Physical gold. I'm concerned about what the Biden administration is doing, and I've decided to learn more about gold IRAs to help me diversify. Did you know you can buy gold for your IRA or 401k? Gold can't be tracked like digital currency. No one has to know what you're buying, and there's no way to print more. My best resource for gold IRAs is Augusta Precious Metals. Their track record is no less than phenomenal. Learn why thousands of Americans are getting gold IRAs as part of the retirement portfolios and you need to contact Augusta Precious Metals and get their free guide. I'm serious. Text LEVIN to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. The Democrat Party has become the political and operational organism through which the American Marxism functions. Just as early in our history was the party of the Confederacy and slavery, segregation in the Ku Klux Klan and Jim Crow. In more recent times, it has adapted and tailored Marxist ideology to American governance and politics. And in so doing, the Democrat Party has adopted what some call a passive or quiet revolutionary approach. That is, as the late Italian communist Antonio Gramsci argued, a long march through America's cultural institutions, where intellectuals broadly defined would populate these institutions, slowly but surely radicalize them, 
soften existing societal morals, and ultimately destroy the culture and restructure society. Indeed, Gramsci asserted that socialism is precisely the religion that must overwhelm Christianity. In the New Order, he said, socialism will triumph by first capturing the culture via infiltration of schools, universities, churches, and the media, by transforming the consciousness of society. Although Gramsci urged subterfuge and deceit, he did not oppose force or violence employed strategically and wisely. This is the Democrat Party's script. Saul Linsky, a Marxist and Gramsci fan, wrote Rules for Radicals, as you know, based essentially on Gramsci's approach. Importantly, Alinsky was a key mentor to Hillary Clinton, who in 1969 wrote her 92-page senior thesis on Alinsky at Wellesley College, and his writings were extremely influential with a young community activist named Barack Obama. Obviously, these are two of the most prominent Democrat Party leaders in the last 30 years. Of course, Obama was a short-term senator before quickly ascending to the presidency for two terms. And Clinton was a first lady, senator, secretary of state, and Democrat Party presidential candidate. So the man they admired among the most was a well-known communist. Obama was also mentored by Frank Marshall Davis during the time Obama was in high school, college, and a community activist in Chicago. Few people were as close to him as Davis. As Professor Paul Kengor recounts, Davis joined Communist Party USA in Chicago during World War II. His party number was 47544. He became extremely active in party circles and even wrote for and was the founding editor-in-chief of the Communist Party publication there, the Chicago Star. He left Chicago in 1948 for Hawaii where he would write for the party publication there, the Honolulu Record. Those writings reveal a man fully loyal to the Soviet Union and the Communist Party line, and often bear an uncanny resemblance to Obama's own rhetoric, where Davis was bashing Wall Street, big oil, big banks, corporate executives and their excess profits and greed, and their fat cats, the wealthy and the millionaires, GOP tax cuts that spare the rich, and on and on. Another leading influence in the Democrat Party is, of course, Senator Bernie Sanders. Despite more recent efforts to mainstream himself, Sanders, who nearly won the Democrat Party nomination for president in 2020, and whose issue papers have served as the revolutionary blueprint for the Biden administration, has spent his entire life as a Marxist activist. Though he's treated as a kind of elder statesman of the Democrat Party, his record in Marxist movements and activities and in support of repressive communist regimes and causes, is so extensive it would, be, it would require far too many pages in this book, this is from my book, to elaborate. That said, Sanders has praised genocidal communist regimes in the old Soviet Union, Cuba, Nicaragua, etc., called for the government takeover of most industries, and offered a, quote, 21st century economic bill of rights that could have been lifted straight from Joseph Stalin's 1936 Soviet Constitution. These are but a few of the stars in the Democrat Party. As you can see, this is a top-down, elitist-driven movement. Just as Gramsci encouraged, and I might add, just as Vladimir Lenin insisted. For example, Clinton graduated from Yale Law School, 
Obama from Harvard Law School, and Sanders from the University of Chicago. Hardly part of the proletariat. Again, no less than Vladimir Lenin, who led the Russian Revolution in 1917, believed in a top-down revolution as well, which he called democratic centralization. Democratic centralization. Of course, there was nothing democratic about it. Most Russians were not communist revolutionaries when the Tsar was toppled. Lenin insisted that the masses must be led by the few, and of course, he was first among equals. Moreover, Lenin preached that the party must be the monopolistic structure through which every aspect of society is managed, and that all citizens must adhere to the party program. He did not believe in the natural attraction of Marxist ideology to the masses, but instead exercised the use of an iron fist to impose the party's agenda on the population. All public resistance must be broken. There could be no tolerance for opposition, and all aspects of life were subjected to the will and whims of the Communist Party-controlled state. Furthermore, truth and justice are to be defined by what serves the best interests of the party. Inevitably, the Democrat Party's infinite cultural, economic, and political interventions, always in the name of the people in some virtuous and wealthy cause, lead to the steady decline of liberty, to the steady rise of totalitarianism, and to the exploitation of the people. Fewer and fewer masterminds with an ever-increasing army of bureaucrats and enforcers reign over the citizenry and decide what is and is not good for them. The abuses of power are limitless, as are the justifications. And slowly but surely, the people get used to it, even vote for it, until one day its grip is too tight. Then it's too late. The police state is not known to retreat peacefully. Moreover, the Democrat Party, as the state party, is supported by a state media that poses as a free press. The state media are no less devious and diabolical than the party they promote, and like other propagandists, they are skilled at deceit and deception on behalf of the cause. Every time the Democrat Party wins an election, whether at school board or mayoral level, or governorship or presidency, becomes even more powerful and dangerous. Totalitarianism through the ballot box is not new. Even now, Democrat Party electoral victories further empower the administrative state and its appointed judicial oligarchs who hold what is as close to permanent governing authority without checks or personal consequence as mankind has ever invented. Indeed, the Democrat Party makes the most of its electoral victories, both in its efforts to enshrine electoral changes that advantage it and to strengthen and expand the unelected part of the government that is appended to it. Increasingly, Republican Party victories, while deeply troubling and intolerable to the Democrat Party, are seen as fleeting interludes in the long march to what is effectively the hardening of one-party Democrat control of the country. Nonetheless, like all autocratic parties, the Democrat Party and its media and other surrogates relentlessly pursue Republican victors with all manner of tactics and sabotage, for they must pay a huge personal and professional price for daring to challenge, let alone win, an election and disrupt the one-party Democrat Party rule. For example, Richard Nixon was forced to resign for doing far less than Franklin Roosevelt, 
John Kennedy or Lyndon Johnson, and they're weaponizing the IRS, FBI, and later even the CIA. Ronald Reagan was pursued of the so-called Iran-Contra matter, which was nothing compared to Barack Obama's $1.7 billion cash payment and nuclear deal with the Iranian regime. And, of course, the endless political and criminal pursuit of Donald Trump by the Democrat Party is unprecedented. In this and virtually all else it does, the Democrat Party's loathing of America is limitless. The Democrat Party hates America. That's from part of Chapter 1. You can get it on Amazon.com right now and pre-order your copies at 40% off. Or any other retail link or outlet. I really think this is the book for the time. This time. These times. Those words were written, Mr. Producer, seven or eight months ago. I updated it along the way as we were editing it where I could. But the tyranny is so aggressive now and it's so ubiquitous. It's impossible to update it to the day or even the week. But the principles that I discuss, the history that I present, all of it relates to the same thing. They don't care if they're destroying our electoral system. They know the Republicans are quislings and that they will not use the same power that they are against Republicans. The Republicans won't use that power against them. We have the Bill Bars, the Mike Pences, the Chris Christies, the Larry Hogans, the Chris Sununus, the Asa Hutchisons, the Mitch McConnells and the other phalanx of quizzlings. They have no such thing. And so this passive or quiet revolution is in fact taking place right before your eyes. And you know what they want to discuss on Capitol Hill today, Mr. Producer? UFOs. UFOs. The country is on the brink. Communist China is on the rise. They're preparing for war. And on Capitol Hill, they're discussing UFOs today. The media are discussing UFOs. When they discuss what's happening to Trump... MSNBC and CNN are part of the the government media, what I call the state media. And so you know what they're going to say in advance of them saying it. They exist to be propagandists. They exist to advance the call of totalitarianism. Somehow they think they're going to escape it. No, they'll be devoured too. They celebrate tyranny. They urge tyranny against their opponents, or at least those who don't agree with them. But there's no excuse to be promoting Bill Barr and his ilk, who are the weak underbelly of of our republic. 
They're the weak underbelly. They are the Benedict Arnolds. They are the backstabbers. Call them what you will. Look at Mike Pence. Just the news. Pence statements prior to January 6th undercut his claims on election integrity. Constitutional duty. Pence has repeatedly maintained he lacked the constitutional authority to send the election results back to the contested states for review and insisted he saw no evidence of voter fraud swaying the outcome of the 2020 election. The former vice president's own words prior to the events of January 6th, however, seemed to contradict his post-vice presidency narrative. Video footage from a public address less than one week prior to the electoral certification on January 6th shows Pence expressing concerns about the election irregularities. In the contest, and vows to hear the objections of his supporters during the certification process, seemingly suggesting he held a belief in his authority to do so. He said, I know we all got doubts about the election. I share the concerns of millions of Americans about voting irregularities, he told supporters on January 4th. I promise you this. Wednesday, we'll have our day in Congress. We'll hear the objections. We'll hear the evidence. Pence made the remarks during a rally to support then-GOP Senator Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue in Georgia runoff. Smith's indictment includes six other co-conspirators whom, with whom Mr. Trump allegedly conspired to unlawfully overturn the election. How ridiculous. One of those individuals, he alleges, put forward plans outlining the theory that Pence could deem the electoral slates from seven disputed states invalid. And you know what's interesting? There's not a word in the brief the indictments filed by Jack the Ripper Smith and approved by the Attorney General of the United States that provides a scintilla of constitutional language or constitutional history that disputes the advice that Trump got. So if the Department of Justice and Jack the Ripper Smith cannot provide language in the Constitution or from the Constitutional Convention. I don't care about Michael Ludig. Who gives an S about him? If they can't provide a single syllable that even disputes the advice that Trump was receiving, whether it was good advice, bad advice, sound advice, or anything else, then how the hell do they build a criminal case on it? I'll be right back. in. You know what helps me sleep well at night? Physical gold. I'm concerned about what the Biden administration is doing, and I've decided to learn more about gold IRAs to help me diversify. Did you know you can buy gold for your IRA or 401k? Gold can't be tracked like digital currency. No one has to know what you're buying, and there's no way to print more. My best resource for gold IRAs is Augusta Precious Metals. Their track record is no less than phenomenal. Learn why thousands of Americans are getting gold IRAs as part of the retirement portfolios and you need to contact Augusta Precious Metals and get their free guide. I'm serious. Text LEVIN to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com.
you believe the uh, the gonads this woman has, Mr. Bidus? The gall of this demagogue? I mean, I thought after she said that, her false teeth would fall out of her mouth. Or the facelift would unravel right in front of us. Showing one of these UFO pilots. You know? Maybe the skin would melt away and there it is, a UFO pilot. But no, there she is. And she says, this is why we want to take out the Republican Party the next election. Folks, can you imagine if they succeed? If they win the presidency or they win the House and so forth? It's over. That's why they're fighting for keeps right now. That's why these charges are being made now, not later. Bill Barr is blinded by his animosity and probably by the cholesterol that has gathered under his eyes. I don't know. But he's irrelevant. He's a sucker. Like John Bolton, who's out there making, continuing making an ass out of himself. You can see all these disgruntled former employees that Trump fired or who quit. Man, they have a hate on. They can't just walk away. No, no, no. They have a hate on, boy. So the most preposterous case ever brought in a, brought in a federal court involving January 6th, but not involved. You ever have a case that involves January 6th and doesn't involve January 6th? I mean, when you read through it, it's so incoherent. That's why people who defend it have trouble explaining it. It's utterly incoherent. Trump was lying about the election. And over and over again, and he upset people. Can you tie it to January 6th? No. Then who cares what you think? Who gives a damn what you think? This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. John Bolton's out there on CNN. Bill Barr's anywhere. He's like the Avenatti. Michael Avenatti of attorneys in terms of his ubiquitous appearance on TV. Bill, I would reconsider that until you drop about 50. But that's just my opinion. You've got uh, Washington Post reporters on TV saying... um, the whole Joe Biden thing is baseless. You have Mark Short, who's become a real Svengali, a real sleazeball, but he's been for a long time, quite frankly. He's on CNN, and he's trashing, uh, who's he trashing? Mark Meadows. You got Ty Cobb, a lawyer in Washington, D.C., another hack. who used to be one of Trump's lawyers, and I don't know the ethics of these guys going out and attacking their former client. It's not the way I used to practice law, but that's the way Ty Cobb and others do. You've got uh, others. The list is long. 
What this is is the ruling class. It's the ruling class and the and the leeches, the hangers on to the ruling class. This is how they make their money. This is how they've always made their money. They build up their resumes in Washington and then they go into the private sector or they just stay in Washington and they stay in government. These are leech lawyers. These are slip and fall, ambulance chasing, Washington, D.C. lawyers. Um, And so they're not really interested in shrinking government. They're not really interested in what you're interested in. They'll represent anybody. They'll come and go. Be Attorney General for Bush as easily as they'll be Attorney General for Trump. John Bolton begged to be, begged to be the Director of National Security under Trump. Called me repeatedly. And I'm not the only one. Lobbied like hell. Even though he knew in his heart of hearts that he didn't agree with Donald Trump's foreign policy. So why would you want that spot? So John Bolton acted like he was president. And when Trump didn't agree with him, he'd have his temper tantrums. Then Trump drop kicks him out, or he resigns, either way, who cares. And look at this. John Bolton writes a book. Even Judge Lampert says, you can't expose all this information in your book. And they fight John Bolton, and the guy leading the charge is Bill Barr, who now hates Trump because Trump got rid of him. And who represents John Bolton? Chuck Cooper, a lawyer in and around Washington, D.C., who I've known for decades. I don't talk to these people anymore. I don't want anything to do with them. Life is too short. I can't trust them. They're unprincipled. There's plenty of good people out there. Mike Pence tried to call me this morning. I wasn't available for the call. I mean, I silenced my phone when I'm typing it on. I looked, he tried to call me. I'm not taking Mike Pence's call. I want nothing to do with him anymore. He's dead to me. Not because he doesn't support Trump. Not because he doesn't kiss Trump's butt. Not because he doesn't shine Trump's shoes. But because what he's done gives aid and comfort to those who are trying to overthrow this country. Mike could say, I did what I thought was right, and I know what I did was right. He could take his position. I follow the legal advice that I thought was the most sound. That's what I did. History will judge me one way or the other. I believe God has judged me. I hope in a, in a positive way. That's not what he does. He's made a political calculation with this... This sleazy Mark Short, who I've also known for decades. I remember when he used to carry uh, Ali North's briefcase. Now he's a big uh, strategist. My wife worked with him once, too. She liked him. But I'm sure she has a different view now. I try to keep her out of this stuff. But none of that matters. They'll go on CNN, they'll go on MSNBC. L- listen to this. I just want to give you an example. Mark Short worked at the White House with Mark Meadows. Now, if Mark Short had a problem with Mark Meadows or a problem with Donald Trump, why did he work at the White House? Why? Well, he was working for, for Pence. No, originally he was working for Trump. 
He was working for Trump while he hated Trump. Does that sound like a principled person? No. But this is why they embrace him on CNN. This is why the ruling class embraces him. This is why Washington loves the guy. Because he has no principles. Just like Chris Christie. In 2016, it was Chris Christie. Was all the was all the rage. He was head of the transition. Had a lot of power. Was deciding who would get what. He recommends Christopher Wray for FBI director. Trump takes him up on it. On and on. Now look at it. Look at Joe Scarborough. Joe and Mika Scarborough had their heads jointly so far up Trump's butt. It was disgusting. It was embarrassing. They had him on their show. Nobody watched, of course, but they had him on their show. They promoted him in the Republican primaries. You remember all this, Mr. Producer? Then they got angry with him. They got crossways with him. So now they have spent their careers trying to destroy him. Me, it's funny. I originally supported Ted Cruz in the Republican primaries. As many people who support Trump remind me. And Donald Trump from time to time laughs about it. And after Cruz lost, I supported Trump. My defense of Trump is the defense of the legal system. My defense of Trump is the defense of the Republican, little R system. That if they can do this to him, they can do it to anybody. I'm a constitutionalist. That's the bottom line. I'm a Reaganite. That's the bottom line. That's how I came to politics, through Reagan. In 76 and 80. I know this. Donald Trump loves the country. And I know Joe Biden does not. He milks the country for everything he can. I know the Democrat Party hates the country. I know Donald Trump loves it. Donald Trump wants nothing to do with the ruling class in Washington, D.C. He wants nothing to do with their media in Washington, D.C. This is why they were stunned when he defeated them. This is why they tried to take him out even before he entered office. While he was in office. After he's left office. Even the judges in Washington, D.C. can't stand Donald Trump. The judges... The legal bar, the FBI, the Department of Justice, the CIA, the media types, the rhinos, the hangers-on, the litigators. There's your ruling class. What do you think about that, North Dakota? What do you think about it, Kansas? What do you think about it, New Hampshire? What do you think about it, Texas and Florida and South Carolina? What do you think about it, the rest of the country? You like this? You like what the hell's going on here? I'm going to read something to you. It's, it's very heavy. It's from Kevin Downey Jr. at PJ Meade. It's very heavy. The left will misconstrue it intentionally because the left in the media, they are the acolytes of the big lie. So they don't matter. He writes, on his deathbed, my friend's grandfather, I call him Mattis, revealed how as a Lithuanian he was forced to enroll in a pro-Nazi paramilitary group shortly after the Nazi occupation of his small town near Vilnius. 
He referred to this group as the Lithuanian Rifles. As a Nazi officer pointed out, his other options were to become a social democrat or a communist. The Nazis didn't care for these people. Social democrats went to concentration camps and communists were shot. Mattis' duty was to patrol a small town unarmed with other Lithuanian rifles and report back to the Nazis. He didn't like the Nazis, but he hated the communists. And being a Lithuanian rifle was better than a camp or a bullet. Besides, Germany was the land of art and science, he figured. Germans were civilized. The communists were animals. Good riddance to the Stalinists, who now found themselves under the gun. Also, Germany was winning the war. Months after enlisting as the Lithuanian rifle, Mattis, in his mid-30s, married, father to three children, began to hear insane rumors, he thought, that the Germans were rounding up Jewish men and teens in nearby towns and shooting them in the forest. Mattis and his friends refused to believe the rumors. Germans, they thought, were cultured and sophisticated. They led Europe in engineering. Germany was home to some of the world's best composers, Brahms, Bach, Beethoven. Germans built cities. Soviets, not Germans, were feral. Stalin's men deported thousands of ethnic Lithuanians out of his town, and they were never seen again. Russian people enthusiastically moved in and took over that city and nearby towns. Unlike the Soviets, the Germans didn't send trainloads of Lithuanians to destinations unknown. The Germans would never commit Soviet-like atrocities, not on ethnic Lithuanians anyway. Those Soviets got what they deserved. After dismissing the rumors as likely pro-Stalin propaganda, Mattis walked to his store one morning to see that the town was full of signs ordering all Jewish men 14 years and older to report to a point in town on a certain date and time. Now he realized the rumors were true. Several hours later, he received a note ordering him to report to the same point two hours before the Jewish men. He decided that morning to take a sick day. Roughly 90 minutes later, three frightened Lithuanian rifles and a very angry Nazi officer pounded on his door. The other Lithuanian rifles standing at the door also sought the day off. The Nazis were furious. There were no sick days allowed on that date. They were driven to the forest, where Mattis saw Jewish men and teens digging a large hole. A couple dozen Lithuanian rifles watched in horror as the Nazi soldiers drank vodka and made jokes. Mattis and his fellow holdout Lithuanian rifles were handed guns and told to guard the approach to the pit. They were ordered to shoot anyone who approached and anyone who attempted to escape. The Nazis threatened them to not disobey his orders again. As they stood watch, they heard the guns go off. Minutes later, three Lithuanian rifles, looking terrified, ran to them and said they were ordered to the pit. One suggested that they run lest they be executed for not showing up at dawn. But they knew that would mean that their families might be murdered. They hurried to the pit. The Nazis were drunk. The Lithuanian rifles comprised mostly of men in their 30s and 40s. Men who worked as carpenters, farmers, and shop owners had done the shooting. You aren't man enough to kill Jews, but you will be man enough to bury them, the angry Nazi boomed to them. Mattis, minutes before passing away in Hamtrak, Michigan, swore to his grandson that he didn't shoot. But he did bury the Jewish men, some of whom were still moving. 
It's the first and last time that anyone had heard that story. The first and last time. Despite Vilnius having a centuries-long history of being conquered and occupied by opposing armies, the atrocities those armies committed. Despite watching other Lithuanians get carted off by the Soviets, Mattis still thought it can't happen here, not in his lifetime. Those calamities belong to history. Unlike people like Mattis, who moved to the United States from war-torn countries, most of us have never seen firsthand the decimation wrought by tyrants. We spend our time and money on luxuries like in-ground pools and outdoor pizza ovens, believing it can't happen here. Or UFOs, I might add. But make no mistake, tyranny is here. It's hidden by state-run news outlets that distract us from the truth with stories about little green men and Lizzo's latest chunky stunt. They lie to Americans on their 24-hour propaganda platforms about our own president's skullduggery with China and downplay or ignore the ramifications that chicanery presents, such as spy balloons left unfettered, a border left open, secret Chinese police stations, and more than 13,000 military-aged Chinese people flooding into our country. Our leaders lie to us with the sky-is-falling flapdoodle about how climate change and phantom white supremacy, not the tyranny they sponsor, which will be our downfall. Albert Einstein once wrote to his son, there's something amazing about America's democracy. It's got a gyroscope, and just when you think it's going to go off the cliff, it writes itself. Well, you're that gyroscope. We don't have a system to thwart tyrants. You and the Constitution, that's it. That's it. Yes, that's it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know what companies looking for you when they actually upgrade your service and don't charge you for it? This is great news and for new and current Pure Talk customers. Pure Talk just added data to every plan and is including a mobile hotspot with each one with no price increase whatsoever. Now, if you've considered Pure Talk before but haven't pulled the trigger, take a look again. Just $20 a month for unlimited talk text and a 50% more 5G data plus mobile hotspot. Just 20 bucks a month, folks. This is why I love Pure Talk. That also happens to be veteran-owned and only hires the best customer service team right here in America. Most families are saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Just go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST to make the switch to Pure Talk and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. And make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. How far will the most corrupt president in history go to keep Republicans from winning back the White House? Meet the cast of unscrupulous accomplices he's assembled to get Trump. Alvin Bragg, the radical liberal New York prosecutor who refuses to prosecute violent criminals. Jack Smith, who's made a career persecuting innocent Republican officials. Letitia James, the socialist who ran on the promise, I'll go after Trump. And Biden's newest 
Chris Lackey, Atlanta DA, Fonnie Willis. So incompetent, on her watch, violent crimes have exploded. So tainted, Willis was thrown off one case for trying to prosecute a political opponent. So corrupt, Willis got caught hiding a relationship with a gang member she was prosecuting. So dishonest, Willis was accused of creating a fake subpoena. Welcome to the Fraud Squad. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. It's a great ad, and he needs to push back, and he is. And uh, somebody asked me, I think it was today or yesterday, what do you think of Trump's lawyers? I don't know anyone. <laughs> What's to think? I don't know. I hope they're good. I just don't know them. I'm not on the inside, folks. I'm not an insider. I give my opinion to you. I give my opinion publicly. That's what I do. If somebody asks me for my opinion, I'll give it to them as well. Candidates ask me from time to time, I give them my opinion. I'll be right back. You know what company's looking for you when they actually upgrade your service and don't charge you for it? This is great news and for new and current Pure Talk customers. Pure Talk just added data to every plan and is including a mobile hotspot with each one with no price increase whatsoever. Now, if you've considered Pure Talk before but haven't pulled the trigger, take a look again. Just $20 a month for unlimited talk text and now 50% more 5G data plus mobile hotspot. Just 20 bucks a month, folks. This is why I love Pure Talk. That also happens to be veteran-owned and only hires the best customer service team right here in America. Most families are saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Just go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast to make the switch to Pure Talk, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, go to puretalk.com, enter promo code L-E-V-I-N Podcast. Make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. My parents taught me a lot of very, very important things. My faith teaches me a lot of very important things. And I've tried to live my life as a good human being. None of us are perfect. But I do know right from wrong. I know loyalty from disloyalty. I know what's legal and what's illegal. And I know true friendship. From phony friendship, I guess. And I'm disappointed all the time, quite frankly. And uh, you just got to deal with it when it happens. I had considered Bill Barr a friend. His conduct now is reprehensible. I'd worked with John Bolton in the Meese Justice Department. His conduct is beyond belief. I've known Mike Pence for decades. And in 48 hours, 48 hours, he blows himself up, at least in my view. You don't have to support Donald Trump for anything. You don't have to agree with him about anything. 
I don't always agree with them. But when you see what's swirling around us today, and you take the side of a man who is destroying our republic and destroying, truly, our electoral system, Jack Smith, who's fronting for Garland, who's fronting for Biden, and we talk here every damn night about what's happening to our country. And you genuflect, and you feel that there's a need now to say things that you haven't said since that January 26th, uh, January 6th. I don't want to talk to you anymore, period. It want nothing to do with you. It want nothing to do with, do with Bill Barr. It want nothing to do with John Bolton. Nothing. Nothing. No, I would never work for any of these politicians. I would never work for Donald Trump, Vivek, Ron, none of them. I spent my eight years with Reagan, and I love them. And, of course, I'm committed to you and what I do here. These people chose to take these jobs. And from what I hear, Donald Trump's a very difficult boss. I didn't say he's a bad boss. I didn't say he's an unethical boss. It's difficult. We've all had difficult bosses. If you can't handle it, don't take the job. Don't do it. But now what you're doing is you're attacking the republic. Now what you're doing is attacking perhaps the only man, but perhaps not, in the Republican ranks who can help us defeat this tyranny. We don't know if it's going to be him or not. But we know he's leading, and we know that these folks are trying to to kneecap him. You need perspective. You need some context. This country will not be a free country. Four more years of Biden. Hakeem Jeffries at Speaker. Chuck Schumer is President. Excuse me, is the Majority Leader continuing in the Senate. And when they lose the ruling class, when these people lose, they blame you and me. They blame us for not getting behind their milquetoast candidates who have no desire to take on the tyranny, the, uh, the tyranny or the people who are committing it. None. The Murkowskis, the Collins, the Romneys, the list is a very, very long one. We're not going to follow people who have their own issues with Trump or their own issues with DeSantis or their own issues with whomever. Don't expect us to join you and line up behind you in your own little in your own little jihads and so forth. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do it. As for these crackpot lawyers that the vice president talks about, John Eastman is 
prior to all this, was considered one of the brightest lawyers in the conservative movement. He was the dean of a law school. He's written extensively. He clerked for Clarence Thomas. He's written multiple briefs, including Supreme Court briefs, very strong briefs. Now suddenly he's a crackpot. Because Michael Ludig and the gang think he is. Michael Ludig sold out to corporate America a long time ago as the IBM general counsel when he couldn't get nominated to the Supreme Court. I saw a completely different Michael Ludig when I saw him testifying in front of that bogus rump January 6th commission. He seemed unhinged to me. Self-righteous. Well beyond angry and disappointed. Here's the truth, Mike, Mark Short, and all the rest of you. The Constitution is absolutely silent about the power of the Vice President in doing what you were asked to do. It doesn't say anything. Madison's notes, they don't say anything. People are trying to project their own narratives into the situation. So people are telling Mike Pence he can't do something. Some people are telling him he can do something. And it is fair for the President of the Senate, who's overseeing this process, to take into consideration what might happen to the country should he make one decision or another. That's an acceptable thing to be concerned about. But the system works, except when people are destroying it, obviously. The final say about the 2020 election was in Congress. But apparently the election's not over. Not because of Trump, Mike, and Mark, and Bill and Mo Curley, and so forth. It's not over because Joe Biden doesn't want it to be over. And so they've criminalized what is a purely constitutional slash political process. Where Congress has the final say. Where the states have the first say. That, Mike, is how the Constitution works. You see, Mike, when the Constitution was... Drafted and then ratified, there was no Department of Justice. Let alone U.S. attorneys and special counsels and all the rest of it. In fact, there were no district courts, Mike. There were no appellate courts. The only court in the Constitution is the Supreme Court. You should know this. You've sworn on the Bible to uphold that Constitution. So it's a perfectly legitimate point of view to think that maybe the vice president can can take a second look at this, or maybe he can't. You're there in that position to make that decision. It's your decision. President Trump may have pressed you to make a decision. Others may have pressed you to make a different decision. You don't have to buckle under the under the pressure. You made your decision. 
It's not the right decision. It's not the wrong decision. It's a legitimate decision. And you made it. President Trump didn't commit a crime pressing his case with you. There's no criminal statute that covers that. These charges, they're charges by implication, by opinion. They're not charges based on the law using the 1871 Klan Act, using the two obstruction acts that were passed after Enron, having nothing to do with January 6th, and that's very controversial what they've done to these protesters, and that's going to be appealed to the Supreme Court. That's not solid law. And, of course, the first count on fraud is your typical statute that's used against people who commit fraud against the United States financial fraud and also do damage to the institutions, but they're doing damage to the institutions by the nature of the fraud they commit. That is financial fraud, that sort of thing. It's never intended to apply to an election circumstance ever. None of these statutes were. And so really, when you step back, These charges, this indictment, proves that there was no insurrection. That there was no seditious conspiracy. Because despite his best efforts, despite his, his, his obsession, his unhinged objective to get Donald Trump, even Jack Smith couldn't figure out how to make that stick. Despite all the propaganda that we got from the illegitimate January 6th commission that was set up by Nancy Pelosi, she chose the Democrats, she chose the Republicans. Despite all that Liz Cheney said, it was a lie. And it never could be true. Because it was Donald Trump who said to the Secretary of Defense, the Acting Secretary of Defense, the Head of the Joint Chiefs, the Chief of Staff to the Acting Secretary of Defense, and perhaps another person, as they were leaving his office 48 hours before January 6th, ask the Speaker of the House, ask the Mayor, if they want federal troops to protect the Capitol building. That was even noted in an independent report by the Inspector General of the Department of Defense. Milley even had it in his contemporaneous notes, even though he hates Trump. The acting Secretary of Defense said, by all means, it did occur. His chief of staff says exactly the same thing. You can't run an insurrection and you have 10,000 armed troops surrounding the Capitol building. I know all the rest about peaceful and everything, but that's the bottom line. And they had absolutely no communication, no texts, no emails, no oral communication that anyone could testify to, no written notes, not even Pence's notes, where Trump said, we're going to take the Capitol. Nothing. Zero. You've been lied to by the media, by the Democrat Party, and other scoundrels. I'll be right back. Mark in.
You know a company is looking for you when they actually upgrade your service and don't charge you for it? This is great news and for new and current Pure Talk customers. Pure Talk just added data to every plan and is including a mobile hotspot with each one with no price increase whatsoever. Now, if you've considered Pure Talk before but haven't pulled the trigger, take a look again. Just $20 a month for unlimited talk text and a 50% more 5G data plus mobile hotspot. Just 20 bucks a month, folks. This is why I love Pure Talk that also happens to be veteran-owned and only hires the best customer service team right here in America. Most families are saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Just go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast to make the switch to Pure Talk and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, go to puretalk.com, enter promo code L-E-V-I-N Podcast and make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. You've known me, Rich, for almost 21 years. Have I ever done anything that would embarrass my family or friends? I would never do that. I've never wanted anything that much. It's called character. It's called your reputation. There's not an office in the land I want, not a radio show, not a TV show, not money, nothing that I would knowingly surrender my character and my reputation. That doesn't mean people won't attack my character and reputation, and that doesn't mean that people will try and destroy me, whether it's the IRS or the FBI. So far, my fingers are crossed, no problem, but you know what I mean. And yet these men I've mentioned, in my view, have done exactly that. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Maybe we're too elitist. Maybe we're too Ivy League. Maybe, maybe we're the problem. And of course, conservatives are very excited by this. Because Brooks is stating the obvious, but he's stating it in the New York Times, and he's he's gone from being a Bill Crystal sycophant to a national conservative Republican. 
used to write for the magazine whose name I forget. It went under, under fairly quickly to a liberal writing at the New York Times. He knows... He knows who uh, who pays and who doesn't. Now that said, what he said is not new. Others have said it. Not many, but others. Four hundred thousand people purchased a copy of Unfreedom of the Press, and in there. I mentioned a gentleman by the name of Will Ron, CBS News digital political correspondent. And tell me if this sounds something like the David Brooks who everybody is so excited about today. On November 11, 2016, shortly after Donald Trump's election, Will Ron, CBS News digital political correspondent of the network's managing director of politics, wrote an extraordinary opinion piece. The unbearable smugness of the press in which he excoriated the Democrat Party press and fellow journalists. Sounds very similar to what David Brooks has recently done, doesn't it, Mr. Producer? He said the mood in Washington press corps is bleak, and deservedly so. It shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone that with a few exceptions we were all tacitly or explicitly with her. Which has led to a, meaning Hillary, which has led to a certain anguish in the face of Donald Trump's victory. More than that, and more importantly, we also miss the story. After having spent months mocking the people who had a better sense of what was going on, this is all symptomatic of the modern journalism's great moral and intellectual failing, its unbearable smugness. Again, this almost reads very similarly to what David Brooks wrote today in the New York Times. Trump knew what he was doing when he invited his crowds to jeer and hiss the reporters covering him. They hate us and have for some time. And can you blame them? Journalists love mocking Trump supporters. We diagnose them as racists in the way dark age clerics confused medical problems with demonic possession. Journalists at our worst see ourselves as a priestly caste. We believe we not only have the access to the indisputable facts, but also a greater truth, a system of beliefs divine from an advanced understanding of justice. This is all a whitewash, you see. Trump voters are racist and sexist, so there must be more racist and sexist than we realized. Journalists, he said, increasingly don't even believe in the possibility of reasoned disagreement. And as such, ascribe cynical motives to those who think about things a different way. As a direct result, we get it wrong with greater frequency. We get it wrong with greater frequency. Out on the road, we forget to ask the right questions. We can't even imagine the right question. We go into assignments too certain that what we find will serve to justify our biases. Now, this was a brilliant piece written in 2016, almost seven years ago. So I don't give David Brooks any credit or any kudos for anything. Because if conservatives and media and elsewhere would do their work, they would know that Mr. Ron said this first. And how much you want to bet Mr. Producer, Mr. Brooks read it too. 
Unfortunately, his wise counsel to his media colleagues, as I wrote, has fallen on deaf ears. Indeed, despite Ron's warnings to his media colleagues since the election, the Democrat Party press have unleashed a relentless and hellish campaign of insult and condemnation against Trump, whom they seek to drive from office, and his supporters for whom they have open disdain. Aside from certain news media platforms, a few cable programs, newspapers, and conservative talk radio, there's little current ability to counterbalance the large, old media platforms of the Democrat Party press. This was a great book. That's page 89 and 90. You can check it out yourself. November 11, 2016. Will Ron, R-A-H-N, CBS News Digital Political Correspondent. I haven't checked back, so I don't know what he does now. Maybe he still does that. So either David Brooks had read this piece some time ago or more recently, or has almost identical thoughts. No, I'm not accusing him of anything. I'm just making a point. That the reality check was a reality check years ago. But they don't care. They don't give a damn about what you think or what I say or we say or anything of the rest. dear friend of mine just texted me. He said, I put this, this argument up on Twitter. He works in the... Uh, Capitol building, you would know him if I told you, and I'm not going to. And he said, look at all the crap I'm taking from the left. I said, what's your name? Why do you care? Why do you care? They hate us. That's the way it goes. But you know what's funny? In my case, the feeling is mutual. The feeling is mutual. Here's Mark Short on CNN yesterday. Cut six, Mr. Producer. Go. So you, you, you think, you don't know for a fact, but you think that Mark Meadows cooperated and did testify? Well, I, I don't know. I right. don't know, Jake. But I would imagine that certainly if you look at the list of co-conspirators, you know, Mark was the ringleader bringing the various um, uh, lawyers. All in. right, so yeah. let's stop. He might be right. I have surmised the same thing, but that's not the point. I wouldn't say so on CNN. But that said, look at the animosity. Look at the hate. Mark was the ringleader bringing in the various lawyers. What kind of punk is this? You have a never-Trumper who's working in the White House. And then later, for the Vice President of the United States. And now, on his campaign. Why would you go on CNN and do this? Isn't the answer, I don't have the foggiest idea. How would I know? Go ahead theories about what the vice president could do, organize most of those meetings, organize the meetings with members of Congress, and so uh, was, was a leader in, in much of those efforts that uh, the president... So, so, so what? So what? Organizing members of Congress to challenge electors? Wow, that's never been done before. At least five times in our history. Five times! And the Democrats, not even counting them... Three times in the last 20 years. Wow. 
What a miscreant that Mark Meadows must be, huh? That must be obstruction. He should be indicted. And he brought in these cringeworthy lawyers. A former dean of a law school who clerked for Clarence Thomas. We can't have that. Crackpots, don't you know, because Mark Short's such a great lawyer. He's not a lawyer. Yes, but we had Michael Ludig. And you want to know the story about Michael Ludig? They didn't even ask Michael Ludig for his advice, the former judge. He provided to them unsolicited. And he kept clawing at their door. Did Michael Ludig. And uh, the crackpot advice that they got. Oh, yes, it was very crackpot. There's nothing crackpot about it. The advice is legitimate as any other advice that they were receiving, including from the rhino lawyers. All the advice was legitimate. Everything was on the table. The Constitution provides no direction at all. None! Zero! Everything else is somebody's opinion. And so the vice president had to make a call, and he did. He can defend it. He can defend it without doing what he's done, which is thrown in with the indictment mob at the Department of Justice and the special counsel who's destroying our country. You can do that, you know. Unless, of course, you're trying to now draw attention to yourself and various media platforms so you can go beyond 1% support. Go ahead. In, in trying to convince the, the vice president of this magical authority. And so the fact it's that he's magical not... authority, meathead. Mark Short, I want to make a public challenge to you. Anytime you want to come on this program and debate this issue, you are welcome to come on. Rather than go on these, these networks that use you as a useful idiot, you come on this program and we will debate this issue. In fact, you can come on this program and bring your pal Michael Ludig with you. Do it. Mr. Producer, if they contact you, we're going to give it an hour. A whole hour. So stop with the cheap shots. Stop hiding behind Ludig. Get your ass on this radio show. Bring his ass with you. And let's do it. Do it. Then we have Ty Cobb, not the baseball player. He was a great man. No, we have Ty Cobb, a Washington lawyer. There aren't many of those, are there? This guy's been hanging around a long time. Oh, yeah. He's made a lot of money from criminal cases and so forth. Apparently, Trump kicked his ass to the sidewalk, too. I don't know that for a fact, but I have to believe it. And so you're a lawyer for somebody, and then you say this, cut seven, go. As you know, I, I think this is sad. I think it, um, uh, unfortunately, uh, is a situation could have been avoided. Trump forced it upon uh, uh, the Department of Justice um, by the way he conducted himself in his last few days in office. And by. First of all, is this guy even literate, Mr. Producer? By the way he conducted himself? Good Lord. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, 
Trump's former lawyer says it's Trump's fault that these charges were levied by the criminal conduct, I'm quoting, I'll do it because it's hard to listen to, by the criminal conduct that he committed as he finished his presidency. That's right, he violated the Ku Klux Klan Act. The Enron laws. That's right. And the financial fraud laws. Is that about right, Ty Cobb? I wouldn't hire this guy. I wouldn't hire this guy to do a contract for a landscape uh, business. I wouldn't. Not for a second. And then we have the well-known litigator, the Clarence Darrow. Joe Scarborough, who you know is a famous litigator, very well-known in North Florida. No, he wasn't. What a jerk. Anyway, cut eight, go. I, I'm just curious. I, I just Donald Trump hears that from the judge. Um, he then goes out and he, you know, he says his process is like it's a scam. You know, his usual uh, witch hunt, scam stuff like that. I, I don't know how judges, federal judges in <sighs> Alabama, would respond to that where you practice, but. Where I practiced in Northwest Florida, I suspect Judge Collier uh, or uh, Judge Vincent would throw throw my client in jail and and call me in and dress me down and say, so you have a Uh, client? Stop. Why why would they throw your client in jail, Joe? Was there a gag order that your client violated? Shows you what an ignoramus this guy is. There's no outstanding order. You can't just throw somebody in jail for exercising their free speech rights outside the courtroom. Now, if there's a gag order in place, and they violate the gag order, that is a court order, then you can throw them in jail. Now, there could be a challenge to all that, particularly when you're talking about a man who's running for president. But where Joe practiced law, you don't even need an order in place. That's right. Your client spoke. He sends the, uh, I guess he calls for the marshals. I don't know who the hell else he sends. What, the security guards at the, uh, at the courthouse? Arrest that man. Why? He said it was a witch hunt. But, Judge, you didn't even provide a basis for this. You don't have a gag order out. I don't care. Arrest that man and put him in jail. Now, that's where Joe Scarborough says he practiced law, Mr. Producer. This guy's a dumbass. And that was one of the requisites of being hired by MSNBC. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. When I watch those people in Chicago going to the microphone protesting to their local government, about what's happening in their communities as a result of immigration, illegal immigration, massive illegal immigration, in a sanctuary city, of course. And most of the people protesting there and speaking uh, very peacefully, very politely, but very upset, were black. And this day was always going to come because the cities are now being destroyed. They're being overwhelmed with illegal immigrants. Because illegal immigrants, despite all the talk about, on the Democrat left, about picking lettuce, they head for metropolitan areas. That's what most immigrants do. They head for the cities. 
and uh, cities that are already cash-strapped, cities that have already undermined their own police forces, cities that don't have competent educational systems, competent politicians, well, this just ups the grief and the impoverishment. And so you have foreigners, illegal aliens, coming into these communities that are not, many of them aren't even middle class, some of them are quite poor, taking over areas, using utilities, being subsidized by people who can't afford to subsidize them. Because this is the Democrat Party. All of us, whether white or minorities, all of us who have supported that party have been suckers. The Democrat Party of old is not that much different from the Democrat Party today. Times poll doesn't put Vivek at number three, puts him at one or two percent with the rest of the crowd. But I'm not putting the man down, I'm telling you the truth. But I'll tell you what I've just looked at, Mr. Producer. Polls in Iowa and New Hampshire. You know who is uh, gaining some speed in those states, Mr. Producer? DeSantis. You see, there's local news that most of us don't hear about outside the states in which the news is, is played on the local stations and so forth. We don't see the commercials. We don't see the ground games. We don't see any of it. All they talk about are these national polls, and they treat it like a horse race, and I don't know how many times we've been suckers for that. But I looked at New Hampshire, and I looked at Iowa. He is, uh, he's in the running. And I looked at it, maybe I should, maybe I should not supposed to say anything, Mr. Producer. You never know. But there, I just said it. I've been remiss. Hour one went by, hour two went by, hour three is almost done. We have a fantastic Life, Liberty, and Live In this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern. I would encourage you, go ahead and set your DVRs for every Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, or whatever time is equivalent to you, wherever you live. In addition to my opening statement, which is a killer, I have two fantastic guests. Jim Trusty, who was one of the great lawyers for Donald Trump, I mean, really, former federal prosecutor. This man is as smart as they come. We've had him on the radio show as well. And Matt Whitaker the former acting attorney general. They want to listen to Bill Barr. I want to listen to Matt Whitaker. And he is fantastic too. So the opening statement, I'm going to go through the history of some of these contentious elections in a way I haven't done it before. So you will know more than anybody else. We're going to take a very close look at what the Department of Justice just did to Trump. And then we're going to take a very close look at why Biden should be in Sing Sing. So I hope you'll join us. It's this Sunday. If you set your DVR right now, you don't even have to give it a second thought. You know, maybe you're out and say, oh, my God, I meant to see Mark's show and I can't see it. And let me say something else. 
everywhere I go, people come up to me, seriously. And they thank me for this radio show and the Sunday show. They say they, on Sunday nights, on Sunday nights, it is appointment television in their house. And the numbers show it. But you shouldn't thank me. I thank you. Because the truth is, if you weren't there, if we weren't getting these killer rating numbers, the number one show on the weekend sort of bounces back and forth between Marie and me, because she's fantastic. Um, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Because my plate is very, very full. But as long as you want to see it, and as long as I can do my opening statement. Nobody writes those. I write them. Have you ever noticed? I better not go down this path. We don't have any monitors where I read. Let me put it to you this way. What do you call those monitors people read off, Mr. Producer? Yeah, I don't use teleprompters. What you hear comes right out of my mouth. Maybe I have a few notes. They're all mine. All the research is mine. I get up ultra early in the morning spend three, three and a half, maybe four hours researching. Now you know why I get annoyed when the plagiarists come around and just steal stuff. They're out having a grand old time on the weekends or at nights. So, oh, you know, they come back with tans. Mark's breaking his butt. And so when I hear somebody just rip me off, and it's usually a producer that will do it, radio and TV, and feed it to their host. Mr. Producer doesn't rip anything off from anybody. Number one, he never has. Number two, I've never asked him. I'd be appalled by it. So when you show up, it makes a huge difference. Sunday night, 8 p.m., great, great show. Set your DVR if you're not sure you're going to be able to watch it. Uh, Trusty and Whitaker and let off by my opening statement. Now, what do you want me to do, Mr. Producer? Am I behind on something? Joy Reid on MSNBC yesterday, she is a sleazeball, the sleazeball of sleazeballs. Remember they had to clean out her, uh, her social media site, Mr. Producer, because of all her racist and homophobic comments? And of course, MSNBC, owned by Comcast, they thought those were re- uh, resume enhancers. So there she is on TV Trashing people, stereotyping people. Uh, just a, a, a real low life, I might say. And she's very excited about what happened yesterday. Cut nine, go. And the people who showed up on January 6th were so arrogant and feeling they could defecate in the Capitol, tear the Capitol apart, beat who up. Who defecated the- in the Capitol, you moron? You must be confusing them with BLM and and other Marxist revolutionaries. It's amazing. Go ahead. ...and commit crimes while live Oh, they beat up police officers and committed crimes. I thought you liked that. Has this woman, I assume she's a woman, has this woman ever spoken out against the attacks on cops before? No. Cops are systemically racist. That's her line. Over on CNN, even black cops who do things to black people. 
they're white supremacists too, you see, because they get their training from people who have this white dominant mentality. They've got it all figured out on the left, you see. Racists. Racists. And in her case, also homophobic, but not anymore. They, they broom that. They whitewashed it, may I say. Go ahead. And then go to their hotels, get on planes and go home and wait a year to be prosecuted. All of it feels so incredibly arrogant to me that I'm like, no, this felt like a day when we got justice just to see him humbled. Not called President Trump. You Not- know what, ladies and gentlemen, you know damn well and so do I. If they had a public hanging of Trump, she'd be cheering it on. She'd be in the audience throwing tomatoes. You know damn well she would. This is what we're up against. It was good to see Trump con- this way. Didn't care about the country. Didn't even like the country. Didn't even like the Constitution. We needed to see Trump humbled. The weird deference that some of the media give him. He needs to be put on the rack. What an a-hole. What an a-hole. Then you have this uh, Ellie Honig, who is kind of schizophrenic when it comes to the law. He's a senior legal analyst at CNN. Nobody knows who the junior legal analyst is. Cut 10, go. Earlier in the day, we are talking about cameras in the courtroom. Not, they're not cameras. Now this would in- be Anderson Cooper, who, uh, who used to be big on uh, Stormy Daniels. That was his great interview. Is this guy still up against me on Sunday, or did they cancel him? I don't hear about him anymore, Mr. Producer. I think he's Anderson. May I call you Andy? Andy! This guy was born with a platinum spoon in his mouth. Andy! He's a Vanderbilt. Are you still on at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday, Andy? Oh, there are all kind of press information out there. CNN was going to beat the number one weekend host on Fox. Crickets. Crickets. Have I not begged them to put... uh, Pasaki up against me, Mr. Producer, over on MSLSD? Have I not said they should do that? I owe you something, don't I? No, I don't. Huh? We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I've seen it's been being it's being pointed out to me that some of the things I'm raising in the book that I've done a lot of research on are finding their way on cable TV, some radio shows, but definitely cable TV. Uh, a week or two after I discuss them at length, even using the sources that I cite to you. So I'm not blaming any network in particular. I'm not blaming any talk show host or host in particular, although there's one in particular who does this. It's just very dispiriting. On the one hand, I've got this public forum and I want to discuss with you what's in the book. But on the other hand, when I do it, because the book doesn't come out on September 9th, September 19th, somebody jumps ahead. What would you do, Mr. Producer? It's kind of a conundrum, isn't it? It's difficult. So... It really, it, 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 it's very frustrating to me that this book isn't out now, and it's very frustrating to me that people do this. Really, it's their producers, or maybe they're driving home and they're listening. I don't know. I don't know. 
but it is really Bush League. It's just really, really Bush League. And no, don't guess. But uh, it infuriates me. Innovation Refunds has been helping small businesses. They qualify to get a business payroll tax refund through the Employee Retention Credit, or also known as the, the ERC. The ERC is a tax refund for businesses that kept employees on payroll for parts of 2020 and 2021. So if you own a business with more than five employees, you could have money waiting to be claimed. Innovation Refunds and their independent tax attorneys are dedicated to helping business owners navigate the complex filing process. The ERC is a tax credit. It's not a loan. It gives eligible business owners the freedom to use the refund money to help their businesses grow. Innovation Refunds does not provide tax or legal advice. They work with an independent network of top tax experts and professionals. And they'll share with them your information to evaluate and process your claim. Terms and conditions apply. Go to innovationrefunds.com to determine eligibility. And if you qualify, you could be on your way to receiving money for your business. There's no upfront charge. They don't get paid unless you get paid. Go to innovationrefunds.com or call 1-843-REFUNDS. That's innovationrefunds.com or 1-843-REFUNDS. Well, well, well. Although, on the other hand, Mr. Producer, and America, Levinites out there, once the book comes out, you'll know who did what. Won't they, Mr. Producer? They'll know. It'll be quite obvious, I think. And they're kind of known in the trade for doing that. Stealing guests and stealing uh, subject matters and that sort of thing. And no, don't guess, because you'll probably guess wrong. We go to America every Friday in honor of you. Here we go.
folks, please tune in. Life, Liberty, and Levin, Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Set your DVR if you're not sure you're going to be there. I'm sure you're going to hear all about it, so I want you to watch it yourselves. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, the men and women, the freedom fighters in Ukraine and Taiwan. Good night, Spritey and Griffey. Good night, Pepsi and Smokey. Good night, Zelda and Gigi. Good night, Indy, Patton, Rory. Good night, my Barney and Marty. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Leo. Good night, Joe. All patriots. And I promise you, I and we will continue to fight for this wonderful country of ours. God bless each and every one of you. I'll see you on Sunday and then on Monday. Have a wonderful weekend.